Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Well, welcome back, Masterpiece Women, to the Masterpiece Podcast. And we're just thrilled to be with you today. And we have an excellent guest with us today. We have Benita Williams. Welcome, Benita. Thank you so much, Tina. It is a pleasure indeed to be here today. Well, we're just thrilled to have you. And I just love how, you know, connecting as, you know, we're talking about Masterpiece Women, we're talking about the membership site and the platform and community that we've developed, right? I just love how you and I were able to connect on LinkedIn of all places yes. and develop this relationship and see how now God is going to use us in different ways to do different things. So um, ladies, I'm going to encourage you, if you're not using your LinkedIn platform, platform the network be sure you do because it works yes, and you meet does. some amazing amazing leaders on there so it's great that we connected <laughs> absolutely I feel the same way I love it so Benita I was looking at your website you are a self-care coach you are also an author you also are doing um, a book as well and yes. I would love for you to tell your story like how did you get started in being a self-care coach and how did you get started in writing and now actually um is it called producing a book <laughs> yeah publishing yes publishing. that's the word i was looking for <laughs> publishing <laughs> absolutely absolutely so i'll tell you a little bit about um sort of my journey and um you know it it, it is fascinating when I look back on it, even myself, because I, I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, doing what I'm doing today, totally loving, absolutely loving what I do, um, loving helping people and love meeting and connecting to people just like you, Tina. I absolutely love it. There's nothing else at this point in time in my life that I could really say that I'd rather be doing uh, at this at this point in my life. And so, and I know that that's, that's a huge statement to make, um, but just to back up a little bit, I have always been um, an avid reader. My mom was a librarian. And so she was always gifting me with books to read, with book reports to do. <laughs> so that just kind of <laughs> came. Oh, mama, just, good job, exactly. mom. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of came out of the environment. Uh, I, you know, my mom was a librarian. And so I was always, my head was always in a book. Um, and so I just became fascinated with the idea of storytelling, really, with the idea of being able to, to tell a story and being able to take your mind places that you may not be physically, but you can definitely go there in your imagination. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite quotes is by um, Pablo Picasso, who says that, that says, everything that you can imagine is real. And I really, really believe that. And as I developed um, this love of writing, this love of storytelling, um, I just, I love to be able to take the reader to places that maybe they haven't explored before, you know, and so really that's how that passion developed. Um, but a little forward, advance it forward, a little bit forward. 
Uh, I, I worked in a nonprofit organization, um, my first job ever, uh, fresh out of, out of high school and into college. I was just a college kid, a typical college kid looking for work to do, and um, happened to come across this nonprofit organization. It was the first time that I really um, was introduced to the world of nonprofit, and I absolutely loved the nonprofit work that we were doing. To know that you're making change in another person's life um, is just servant leadership, you know, and so I love the idea of being able to serve others, and I always saw my mom serve others, of course, from her children that she would serve uh, by, by in the library as a librarian to, you know, the, the community and the people that she would serve uh, in her own home. And so my mom was known as the community cook. She always had people over to her house, always cooking a meal for someone and they oh, could always nice. stop by and have a, a hot meal. So I just think that it just developed from humble beginnings, but I found myself in the world of nonprofit and, um, and in that serving others and always desiring to help someone else, um, someone who needed a voice, someone who, you know, needed their, you know, um, story told or, you know, just needed help, a helping, a helping hand. And so that's really how I became involved. And throughout my career, I spent over 20 some years in nonprofit leadership. And so that is um, sort of my background. But what I realized is that through those 20 some years and, and beyond, I was serving everyone else, but <laughs> I was not being kind to myself. Isn't that how it goes? That's I was yeah. thrilled when you said you were a self-care coach, because I yes. am so passionate about us caring for ourselves. And I realized that even myself, you know, most recently uh -huh. I realized I let myself over COVID gain over 20 pounds <laughs> being transparent. Yeah. Yes. And I was, I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't looked. like the way uh -huh. I felt. My clothes weren't fitting. I was miserable. And I'm yes. leading all these women. I told a friend of mine, who's a pastor. I said, you know, girl, I feel like a pastor. Who's like, like being, um, you know, falling and having sex with somebody. Yeah. And she goes, what? <laughs> and I said, I feel like a hypocrite because I'm teaching yeah. these women to lead well, to, yes. you know, do, to be servant leaders. And part of a good leader is to have good self-care. And so Absolutely. I realized that I had to look at myself and say, why aren't you caring about Tina enough? Thanks. Exactly. What in there in you needs some correction because mm -hmm. you should be caring for yourself as much as you're caring for all these masterpiece women. And I'd pour myself out and pour myself out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And here I wasn't taking care of myself physically. And so I, over the last month, have been very thankful. I'm at about 15, 16 pounds. And <laughs> exactly. And I started taking my Sabbath again. I'm yes. like, no, God, you know that I want to help others, but you've told me so clearly. And when I, we did that Exodus Bible study recently mm -hmm. on our podcast, over and over and over and over and over was what he was talking about was the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And you and yeah, I had that absolutely. conversation the other day. It was like, yes. you have to do the Sabbath and self-care. So I love what you're doing, emphasizing that because it is so valuable and so so important for us to care for ourselves. 
It really is, Tina. Thank you so much for your transparency. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that is the key. I think that the first step to that is awareness, you know, and you can achieve awareness one of two ways. Either you can educate yourself and become aware or life can happen. And unfortunately for me, that's what happened. Life happened to me. I literally was unaware. I ignored, not really ignored the warning signs. I know a lot of people say, oh, you ignored the warning signs. I can honestly tell you, I missed the warning signs. I, I didn't even know that there were warning signs to look for or to notice. Um, looking back on it now, of course, hindsight being always 2020, I can certainly see that there were times when my body was trying to tell me or trying to get my attention, but not knowing, Tina, really not understanding that I was not being kind to myself really, 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 you know, just caused me to hit a wall one day. And that's literally what happened. I a part of my story is that I went to work as I did, you know, had my normal regular routine, traveled into work. And on, on that particular day, when I went into the office, I was actually getting prepared for a business retreat. Actually, that's what happened. And during that time, um, one of my coworkers noticed that um, there was something wrong. I didn't feel bad or I didn't feel like there was anything to be alarmed about but she looked at me and she said I, I want you to sit down for a minute because I was actually standing up doing something and she said do you feel okay and I said yeah I'm absolutely fine why and she began to give me she proceeded to give me a mirror and she said take take a look at yourself and I I happened to look at myself in the mirror and oh my goodness I was totally unrecognizable my face on my right hand on the right side of my face had completely lost all motor muscle Oh, wow. And I completely, yeah, my face was completely drooping on one side, totally disfigured. I, I didn't even feel anything. I didn't know. And so um, everybody, of course, became very alarmed and um, immediately, you know, I left work and had to go to the, to the ER. And um, it, was, it was there that I began a long and scary path to this dark, uh, what I call the dark path of change, because at that point, my life totally changed. What I had known, everything that I had done before, everything that I was used to, my routine, my schedule, the things that I was able to control, all of that went out the window at that particular moment. And it was my wake-up call that I needed to, I needed to acknowledge, first of all, and become aware that I was not being kind to myself. And mm. that's a hard, a hard thing, but it's even harder when you're out of control, when you're, when you're no longer in control, when your body literally says, I can no longer trust you, Benita. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take over. And so it's, it's all involuntary. Um, I had a condition um, and very, very much due to stress. I will acknowledge that very much due to stress and burnout and overwhelm and anxiety and exhaustion, just pure exhaustion. And so I had to come out of work. I was unable to operate a vehicle. Um, like I said, life as I had known it and had been, had control of it totally went out the window at that point and uh, caused me to do, you know, some serious self, um, self, self-awareness and self-evaluation, really to dig deep inside of myself and say, how did I, you know, high achiever, high performer on top of her game, <laughs> you know, yeah. helping everybody, serving everybody, how did I end up here in this place, you know? 
And so it's real for me because I, I literally went through it and I had to will myself really to, to overcome it. And I think that's the thing today and why I'm so grateful for this opportunity, for this space and time to share, because I believe there's so many more people out there with stories similar to ours that, you know, if we don't pump the brakes, if we don't acknowledge what rest really looks like and what self-care really, really is. It's not just this cliche word that we throw around, but it really means something. It really means like awareness and taking control and being able to understand and embrace that we're, our bodies are not meant to go, you know, go, go, go and do, do, do. We really have to pause and be intentional about taking those pauses. Absolutely. And have those boundaries, right? Be able to say no, 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 no. (laughs) I had a dear friend of mine. I just love her. She's actually our speaker for our luncheon this month. And I said to her, I need your PowerPoint by this day. And she's, I mean, she's just the most kind, generous, (laughs) anything she can do for you kind of person. So she's not, you know, firm at all. Usually she's very gentle spirited. And she says, sends me this message. No, I cannot do that. I will not do that. And I'm sorry if this sounds gruff, but I have to put my boundaries up. I can't overextend myself. This is when I can do it by. And, and I'm like, you go girl. Right. You have, we have to. And it was gentle, but very firm. Like, no, we're not doing that that way. I can't. Very good. And I'm very like, good. go go girl. She's like, I have to have time with my family this weekend because I'm coming there next week because she's flying in to speak. And I thought, you know, that's how it should be. And shame on us if we're not doing that. And I would say um, there is no shame and there is no guilt though. And I need to retract that word because that's one thing that I do believe that we do too much of that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Actually, we need to go, okay, what area in me is still broken. Yep. And why am I not taking care of myself? And then take the steps. I got a coach too. I yep. got a coach that is a health and nutrition coach who's walking yes. me through in a plan that was easy that I could follow. And yes. so I knew that I needed that help. And I'm a for I have a coach for building my business. I have a coach for my health. You have to invest in yourself and you have Absolutely. to take care of yourself to be the best version of yourself, to be able to serve others. And, you know, one of the things we talked about was, is servant leadership and really how that impacts, how self-care impacts Mm -hmm. your ability to be a great self, I mean, a great servant leader. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So my thought about that is this, um, it's two things, actually. Um, the, The first thing is that you don't know what you don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for a lot of people, because it's easy to say, well, gosh, Benita, why don't you just go, you know, lay down and take a nap, you know, or gosh, Benita, why don't you go and take a break and things like that. But when you really are in the business of serving others, you really do put yourself on the back burner. You don't, there's nothing that really triggers in you, you know, to like, oh, I need, a break or I need to take some time off or I need to use the no word and set boundaries and things. Those were things, Tina, that I had not been taught in my culture. 
okay? And for a lot of cultures, we're just simply not taught that. Um, a lot of times we're always taught to, to give and give and give, right? And, 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 and we're taught to, I, I'm a caregiver by nature. I've been a caregiver since the age of 14. Um, I used to live with my grandmother, okay? And so I cared with her and for her. Um, my mom, I cared for my mom until um, when she had a terminal illness and I cared for her until she transitioned. Um, my husband, my best friend has a significant disability. And so I'm his caregiver as well. So I've always worn the hat or the role of caregiver. You know. And so, yeah. And so no one tells a caregiver hey, guess what? You need to be cared for. And really, there's no one in your circle, okay, to really pull you aside and say that because you're so busy meeting and attending to the needs of other people. So I want to encourage people, right, there's no shame and there's no guilt because the truth of the matter is for a lot of us, we just this simply didn't know. We just simply did not know. But the thing is, is that once you become aware, however that awareness happened, if, you, if it happened abruptly like it did for me, if, if you hit a brick wall like, like I did, or if you start to notice subtle changes, like you said, uh, I don't feel good about myself. I'm not happy with the way I look. Um, I'm noticing I'm gaining weight, or I notice my hair is, is, is falling out, or I notice this or notice that. If you can tap into your inner self and really look at and become aware of the little signs and changes and the little things that the warning triggers and signs that your body is giving you, then that's a start. That's a start. And so I wanna encourage people not to be ashamed, but to really be empowered and encouraged by that. Cause Absolutely. That's, that's half the battle right there is just your awareness of that, you know? 100%. And then it's, absolutely. And then when it comes to servant leadership, the thing that I love about servant leadership is, is a couple of scriptures, one that says, you know, in order to be a great leader, you must first serve, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's true, you, you, you do need to serve in order to lead, but in that as well, um, I believe it was Paul that said, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, so the, the leader is always following as well, and so I think that if we think about servant leadership in that term, that number one, in order to lead, you must serve, but that the leader is always a servant to someone else. You're always following someone else. And so I think that's, you know, so that's true. how we get there. One of my favorite books. So <clears throat> I coach life work leadership here and um, it's a Christian <clears throat> organization for um, leaders and they actually have it. You're in Atlanta, right? No, I'm in North Carolina. That's right. Neighbors That's right. You're North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually did it in um, Atlanta. For some reason, I was thinking you're in Atlanta. But anyway, one of the books we read is um, Lead Like Jesus. And mm -hmm. it is such a phenomenal book because if you really watch his life, I mean, look at the servant he was. He wasn't, yes. even though he was the savior, he was such a great servant. So it's a great model to model after if you really pay attention to his life and how he Absolutely. served others. So it's Absolutely. very valuable. 
And in that, one of the topics we always like to talk about at Masterpiece Women is taking yeah. off the mask and being transparent, being vulnerable, because that's really what helps people grow. That's really where if I tell you, oh yeah, I was struggling with this. I'm just being yes. transparent and honest. Then someone else is going to hear me and say, oh, it's okay to just be real because mm -hmm. that's how we should be. That's how we really grow. That's how we thrive. Yes. And so we're very passionate about it. And we do a lot of authentic communication in our community a membership group as well, because it's just so valuable. So I would love for you to share, Benita, maybe an experience you had where authenticity played a big role in your leadership and how did it affect the way you were leading? How did it affect the people around you? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, being in an organization, <clears throat> one organization for over 20 some years, of course, there are so many lessons, <laughs> yeah. so many things that you learn. Um, and I've just been very fortunate to, to be able to what I call grow with the organization. I kind of started out as a babe in the organization. I just kind of was able to grow and developing almost, you know, like the little chicken that hatches and then kind of grows their wings and that type of thing and, that, and then there's a bird and it flies so I kind of feel like that I was a baby bird in the organization and just was able to develop my wings as I went along so one of the things that I can speak to when it comes to authenticity is again I have to take it back to to self-care because when you think that you are a superwoman and you feel like you have this superwoman complex and you can do everything and you could put out all the fires and you can go and rescue everyone and this and that. that. That is a persona, okay? And I'm just being transparent. That is a persona that eventually will catch up with you. And so what I will say is that I learned that. I learned that throughout my you know, tenure in my profession is that I was trying to be superwoman to everyone and to everything, um, you know, in, in the service industry, human service industry, you're constantly looking for ways, again, to advance the, the overall goal and objective and achieve, you know, what it is that you want to achieve to help the people to serve the greater good, so to speak. And in that, though, I had to learn how to be real with me. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that Benita girl, <laughs> you are going to burn yourself out. Like you are going to all the time saying yes, all the time being able to be available, all the time handling everybody else's everything, but again, not being true and authentic to you. Yeah. So I believe authenticity starts from within because real authenticity allows me to be great at what I do without feeling the need to have to do and be great for everybody else and do everything else that everybody else is doing. I allow space now, Tina, for people to shine in whatever it is that they're great at, right? Absolutely. So what my message is now is in authenticity, you find the thing that speaks the most to you. You resonate with your inner self and your inner core and who you believe that you're called to, to serve and you stick there and know that that's enough. Know that what you're doing and who you're serving is enough. You don't have to feel like you got to go and rescue and save the world. 
that also allows you to build confidence in what God is giving you, what he's put inside of you. And also you can then recognize the greatness that he's put inside of each and every single person, you know? So now I don't need to feel, yeah, I don't need to feel like I have to be Tina and Tina doesn't have to feel like she has to be Benita. We are both in our own respective you know, passions doing yeah. what God has called us to do. And in the world, it makes the world so much better. Oh, and it makes it our jobs so much easier when we can come from that place of authenticity. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. And you know, it's so, it's so needed for women to get out of that mode of competition, competition, like yes. everything. And that's one of the things I say all the time at our luncheons, at our events and our membership. Yes. We have no competition here. It's all collaboration. Because think about when a bunch of women come together, they can do amazing things together. And so when God called me to do Masterpiece Women, that was one of the big things that I'm, you know, just very passionate about making sure that we're collaborating, 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 because I know that God loves unity and not division. And I know that... I mean, I've seen it. I mean, we've raised when the other organization I was with, the not-for-profit I led for several years, okay. we we raised million ado- millions of dollars for yes. these projects because the women came together and we rallied. It wasn't just me. It was like these Absolutely. groups of women leaders. And I see them doing it with you and myself and a couple yes. of, well, actually quite a few other organizations that we've all kind of come, come together and say, you know what? We all have a part in this and it's all a little bit different. Yes. And some of us even overlap. And you know what? That's okay. Yes. Because I don't want to do everything. You know, <laughs> I, I was going, hey, Benita, you want to help me with the membership? You can help with exactly. the part of it. Yes. You know what? That's what you're so gifted with. And that's Absolutely. how we should be is look to see who around who? you, what are they, who's around you? What are their gifts? What are their talents? What are their passions yes. and help them to ignite them, help them to launch in them and not go, oh, wait, but what if she gets a bigger platform than I do? Or what if she, right. who cares? Right. <laughs> like really, Listen. I don't have to be you or her or them, you know, and vice versa. I love that. That's like there's, such a beautiful picture of authenticity and just there's being so much freedom. Yeah. There's so much freedom in that. And when I think oh. about servant leadership, that's what I think about. I think about because the whole core of servant leadership is building people. It is it is personal and, and, and professional development for people. It's, it's seeing them be their best selves and helping them to develop that. And so when you're able to, to, to not kind of rain on someone else's parade, so to speak, but when you're able to join the party and dance in the rain with them, <laughs> it makes Absolutely. life so much more beautiful. And you don't feel this pressure to perform or this pressure, like the spotlight is always on you to be on all the time, that type of thing. And so, Absolutely. yeah, authenticity is so much different for me today. And I try to help others through living example. I try to live out, you know, what I truly, truly believe. That's yeah. wonderful. So let's talk about being a little authentic here. Yeah. Um, what would be one of those times when you were building, because you've built not-for-profit, you've also built a business. Yes. When, give me an example of a time that you failed or something went really wrong. You made a bad choice 
And how did you handle it? Because I also believe that that's a great opportunity for women to see other women's failures and learn from them and avoid them, <laughs> especially Absolutely. the younger ladies that are watching these that are thinking about building businesses. Learn from those of us who've gone ahead of you and yes. made mistakes. <laughs> the value in our mistakes are so much greater than the knowledge that we're going to teach you because there's so much wealth from failing. I mean, yes. it's a beautiful thing. I look at all my failures and go, wow, I learned so much. Absolutely. And, and I don't really even call it a failure. I say either you win or you learn, you know, that's my exactly. model, either you win exactly. or you learn. And so what I, you know, that that's how I liken it. And so I will give, um, there's a couple of examples actually that came to mind. And so the first one is again, trying to be this Shiro, you know, um, going from the, the nonprofit sector into entrepreneurship, again, because you think about ways that you can serve everybody, you're trying to, you, you come from that, that idea, uh, the ideology of just being able to be everything to every, everybody. When I entered entrepreneurship, that was my mindset. And so I was trying to serve the masses and serve everybody and trying to make my program fit for anyone and anybody and everybody and that type of thing. But what I quickly realized is that, no, Benita, you have a specific message. You have a specific niche, a specific market. There's a specific people that are you're called to, you know? And so you, you don't have to go out and feel like you've got to take on the world. I think that's the, the, the overall message that I'm trying to make here is that, each part, each, each person has a piece of the puzzle to the bigger picture, to the Absolutely. overall picture. And so you just need to find out like, what does your piece of that puzzle look like? Who are you serving? You know, to go do your research, you know, find out um, your target audience, that type of thing, and really niche down to what is it that you want to share and who is it that you're wanting to share it with Absolutely. and not really... Yeah, not really overanalyzing the process. I'm a very analytical person, so I tend to overanalyze a lot. But when I keep it simple and I keep it graceful and I get out of the hustle and bustle and the grind and I really come in with more grace and ease, then I allow things to happen instead of trying to force and make things happen. Um, I live by, you know, this motto, you know, I always try to do, delegate or delete. Love I it. do what I'm supposed to do. I delegate what I need to delegate and I delete what no longer serves me. Do delegate I, or delete. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, yeah. and you talk, you talk about niches, the reality is, yeah. you know, when we're, we're talking about doing marketing, we're talking about doing sales, we're talking yes. about building online platforms, what you don't realize and what a lot of people don't realize, right, is that it actually hinders you when you're doing everything for everybody. Yes. When you narrow it down to your niche audience, you figure out yes. who is it you want to serve. Like, I know exactly who I want to serve. Yes. Our main avatar is the Christian woman who wants to build business God's way, grow personally, grow professionally. Like I know in our age group is between 35 and 55. That's really our target. However, yep. that doesn't mean you're not going to attract other women. You know, Absolutely. we at our luncheon say all women are leaders. So come because everybody will gain value Absolutely. from the luncheons and the retreats because it's not just for business women, it's for all women. 
Right. But I know that when we're doing our online marketing, it's very niched down. And so it's successful. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, when you're talking about that mistake, that's a very common one. I was very guilty of it when I first started. <laughs> I want every woman to know they're a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tina, there's a lot of women. Which of those women? I said, well, but I also want all the non-Christian women to join us because we really want them to know that they're just as valuable and just as loved. Yes, well, you may have some people that join you and that is a goal. Like I want uni I want all women to be yes. welcome. I want all women to feel valued no matter what they believe in. I Absolutely. want women to know who they are and um, have value. And yet um, when you're doing marketing and you're doing sales, you yes. have to focus down. And so Absolutely. it is very interesting because that's a very, very good example and a very common one with business owners, especially having been in both for-profit and not-for-profit myself. Yes, <laughs> I can see. And it's very hard to do self-care when you're working in not-for-profit. Um, so many of the people, including myself, I was in total burnout. Burnout. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, when I left, they had five people doing my job. I was like, exactly. Well, of course they did. Yeah, Because exactly. I was a fool and did it all at the time, <laughs> you know. Um, but I was burned out and I was grumpy yeah. and, you yes. know, I look back and I've learned so much from that and you're so right. You know, it's Absolutely. so imperative. You said well, you, you had can, another great example. I do. I do. But I just wanted to speak to, so what ends up sure. happening is that, you know, when you're trying to be everything to everybody, you do burn out really quickly. You give out an energy really, really quickly and you're not, you don't have a way to replenish. And I think that was the thing that I noticed and why I started, you know, this journey of self-care and wanted to then teach others about it because the key, the key is to know and recognize when you need to be refueled, when you need to renew your mind and, re and you need to be refocused. Um, that was a wake up call for me on my job, but what it led to was a bigger calling. I, I became refocused on the thing that God had called me to do and realized that my time there was up and that I needed to make this pivot. And a lot of us don't know how to make the pivot. We stay too long in places that are no longer serving us. And when so God is really true. transitioning us to another level. And so I had to become aware of that as well. And I had to not be afraid to navigate the dark path of change. And so that's why I'm here today, because I want to help other people to navigate that process no matter what it is, if it, if you need to refuel, if you need to renew your mind about the way that you've been working, or if you need to totally refocus your purpose and what God is now calling you to, to do at another level. And so I, I'm here to really just be a coach and a guide to help people connect the dots um, through that transition. And so that's why it's so, so much um, a passion for me, um, because I had to, to do the same thing. Uh, the other thing is, I think when you talk about, um, you know, wanting to, to, to do it all, what ends up happening is that you don't, you don't get anything done. <laughs> you know, just, you get so overwhelmed with, you know, all the things to do until it stops you in your tracks. And I really think that that's a distraction. So what I had to realize quickly is that I don't need to do it all. I don't need to do everything. I don't need to know everything. I just need to know where to go and who to hire and who to bring on, who to, who to, 
you know, serve in this capacity of servant leadership so that they can shine and bring their gifts and their talents and their skills and abilities, you know, and, and let them shine and be great in their, in their area of expertise. And so I think that was the other thing is that when I first started business, I tried to be the one man band. Um, but my, as my husband says all the time, no man is an island, right? <laughs> it takes, it takes, you know, there, there, there takes some um, collaboration, there takes some community, there takes some networking, which is why I love what you're doing, Tina, here. You're creating a space and a platform for community, for building, for, for people with one mind, one goal, building together, sharing together, and sharing their tools and resources. And I think we need to do more of that in our own businesses, you know, be able to, to kind of create that community and culture within your own business. And that way it takes the stress off of you having to be, do, and have everything in Absolutely. order to accomplish anything. And so I Absolutely. think that is the, the other lesson that I learned very quickly, by the way, I learned these lessons very, very quickly. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Those are just such great gold nuggets as I love to call them good gold nuggets. Yeah. And that is what we see in the community is that when you rally the women together in community and they're helping each other yes. and, you know, even holding each other accountable and, you know, every week we're talking about, okay, what's our goal for this week? What step are you taking? Where are you headed? And, yes. um, it, it's even, I mean, it's good for me too. They keep me accountable too. We were Absolutely. addressing fear was our, our core, our class on we're building the online platform. And a lot of people are afraid to build an online platform. Mm. And so, and they're afraid of what people think they're afraid of the marketing. They're afraid of, you know, creating a social presence. And so sure. we we're talking about the fear of it. And they asked me, well, what are you afraid of? And I was, I just went, well, you're not supposed to be asking me <laughs> in my mind. But that, right. It's so nice though, because it is, it's about all of us. Yes. And so, yeah, we were just sharing. So I shared what I, um, you know, I don't struggle with many fears anymore, but for years and years, I struggled with so much fear of what people would think because mm -hmm. I was such a caregiver, because I did care about what people think. And yeah. I cared so much. I was such a people pleaser. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I have to catch myself now and, you know, look at it. Does it go towards the calling that God has for me? Is it going to meet my goals? Yes. And do I need to actually have it on my calendar? So if I have something on my calendar that is not serving me to get to those goals, when I look at my calendar for the week, I eliminate it. Right. Um, before I put it on there, I try to check it before because I'm the worst person when it comes to what I used to be. Uh, let me rephrase that. I right. am very good now. I used <laughs> yes. to be yes. so bad at saying no to things. I was serving leadership at my church and ministry and this board and that board. Oh, I was on yes. so many boards and so many organizations. I was out four or five nights a week and doing all kinds of great stuff for the community wow. and for the world. And but I was exhausted yes. and I could barely, you know, um, function. Cause then I was still running a full-time business, had eight offices around the country. Wow. You know? And so, wow. I, I definitely, I got a coach who yep. said the same thing to me, Tina, what's your passion? What are you doing every day that is following that passion? And I went on a self, you know, um, journey myself that's yep. okay where do I really want to be? And where does God really want me? And, um, I ended up 
closing, well, selling part of the business, closing some of it, and then went into full-time ministry. It was crazy. Um, And then, you know, I've been an entrepreneur ever since, still doing consulting. I love helping not-for-profits. I love helping business, but yeah, it's so... It's just so imperative. It's such great gold nuggets you gave me. I get them. Like I can so reflect everything you're saying. (laughs) Yes. One of my coaches actually said, you know, Benita, it's important that you do the right kind of work. Do the right kind of work. A lot of people are working. They're busy. You know, their schedules are full. Their calendars are full. You know, they have meeting after meeting and this, this, that, whatever the case may be. But are you doing the right kind of work? And and that to really process that, like to really think about, because the thing about it is, you know, time is the most precious commodity. Um, I I coined myself as the self-care surgeon actually, because I want to get down to the root cause of why you're not being able to take care of yourself. You know, it's more than just the surface level stuff. It's, it's deeper than that. And so I, I say that I sell time to busy professionals. That is my tagline. I sell time to busy professionals because one thing that you can't get back, one thing that is not being made more of is more time. We That's all true. have a level playing field when it comes to time. And that level playing field is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's, that's all you get. So it's what Absolutely. you do in with your time that matters, you know? And so um, I, I, you know, with my coach telling me, you know, make sure you're doing the right kind of work. That's kind of what always rings in my head. When I make a decision to do anything, I'm asking myself, am I doing the right kind of work? Well, you know? and you know, and, as a leader <clears throat> and you have a team, yeah. it works yes. both ways. Yes. So one of the worst things you can do for your team is to keep somebody on board. That's not in a good fit for them. And (laughs) so often someone that is a servant leader, they have such a compassionate heart. They don't want to let the individual go, but the reality is they're destroying their leadership. The people around them see this person doesn't fit in that position. They're not able to achieve the goals and meet the criteria needed for, to reach the goals of the organization. And they just keep giving them chance after chance. Well, that's actually not serving them, your team, or yourself well, because it's destroying their respect for you, number one, but also number two, that individual is going to go thrive somewhere where there is a right fit for them. So if we think of it from that perspective about others, as well as ourselves, we're adding, we're giving to them by taking them out of a place where they really don't belong. They're not able to achieve their goals or their passions and we need to really take the time to understand who our team members are, what are their passions, and exactly. instill in them the idea of self-care, instill in them the idea of taking care of themselves and following their passions and making sure that they're where they should be, because that's going to be of great value to your organization. You know, you may have someone that has really great skills, but they just do not like what they do, and it reflects. You're better off finding someone else. You can get someone else with the same skills that's really passionate about being there and it helps your whole organization thrive. And so I think that works both ways. And I see it over and over. Yeah, it it really does. I think that um, culture and, and creating a culture 
what I like to call a wellness culture is important. And um, this is for all of my CEOs and all of the, you know, the, um, the, the company presidents and, and people that may hear this. I, I would admonish you to, to look at creating a wellness culture, you know, and really when you think about it, human asset is your greatest asset. The human assets that you have on your team, you know, showing up, um, those that have tenure with you, those that have been with you forever. Um, we were fortunate in our business that we had very little turnover, very, very little turnover. Um, but there were times when we needed to, you know, to, to hire and fire um, just because of the culture and, and the things that we, we stood for. Um, but I think it's important that you identify or have a wellness culture because your 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 top performers, you know, in your business or company, they may they may not necessarily be feeling all that great. You know, they may have they may struggle with burnout, with workforce or workplace burnout. They may be struggling with um, low employee morale and things like that. So you really need to be vested in you know, the development of the human being, the development of Absolutely. that, yeah, your team leads and your executive team members and, you know, your C-suite members and the, and the staff overall, like you really need to be vested in their overall well-being. And it goes beyond just our traditional services. I, I, I just wrote an article about this. It goes beyond the traditional services that we see, you know, the traditional vacation and sick time, the traditional uh, mental health, you know, um, uh, medical packages and things like that. It goes beyond wellness benefits and wellness programs go far beyond just those traditional measures that we have. We need to go beyond that and look into, you know, what's their home life like? What is their health life like? You know, what is their social life like? Like really be invested in um, what is their mental health like and emotional health like? Like let's explore beyond just the traditionals and you're going to save your company a lot of money that way. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. That's yeah. so true. And the other thing is being the example of the wellness, because what happens is yes. if you aren't well and taking care of yourself, you don't have boundaries. You're working 20 hours a day you absolutely. Know, and they're seeing that they all feel like that's what you expect. So you create people that replicate your habits. Absolutely. And if you're not healthy and you're not taking good self-care, they're not going to either. So it's so important if you're a leader of an organization to take the time. I used to take all of my managers and go take them to the mountains, go skiing for our Yay. leadership meetings. We would meet for, for a you. few hours, go do the, all the stuff we need to do. And we'd go hit the mountains for a day and a half. Good and, for you. Um, just have fun because mm -hmm. they need to know that it's okay to take that break, to just go take care of yourself, to just have, you know, downtime, relaxing and having fun. And so I'm going to encourage you leaders out there, take yes. your staff and do something fun with them, but get to know them. What is it that they need so that you can invest in their wellness? Because like um, Benita said, if we don't know our people, if we don't know our team members and know about their personal lives and their family lives and all of that, it's really hard to know yes. how to serve them well. So um, so often when I've dealt, because I was in staffing for, that was my background wow. for so many years. So I did a lot of, you know, consulting for hospitals and different organizations oh, yeah. and we recruited executives, et cetera. Wow. And then I'd mentor the executives that were working for me out in the hospitals. Wow. 
Wow. And as we would talk about it, the biggest issue they ran into when they would reach, you know, when they would reach their destination of these positions is that the morale was so bad yes. and nobody felt heard. Yes. And typically that was the scenario that every one of them walked into when they had let, cause they called me when they were going to let go of a director or a manager or a CEO. And they say, I need an interim person to gotcha. cover the position. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest issue that they had to overcome from the very start was to sit down and listen for days and days just to figure out where all their team members were because nobody had been listening to them for so long that they were wow. just, you know, it, it was so impactful for them and they were able to accomplish great things because when you listen to your team, you can. So yeah. And be that example, a model of boundaries and um, all that goes with it. So Benita, you've had so many great gold nuggets today and <laughs> we have you. just a few more minutes before we have to wrap up. Okay. I would love for you to share, like, what is that one takeaway? I feel like you've already given so many. It's like, oh, <laughs> give me one more takeaway, Benita. <laughs> but what is that one takeaway as an entrepreneur just starting off? What would you say to that woman out there that is just starting off? What would be that best piece of advice that you ever got or that you would want to give them? I would say... The number one thing, the number one thing is to be kind to yourself. Um, I can't stress that enough because I believe that any type of leadership begins with self-leadership. It begins with self-discipline. It begins with investing in knowing about you and who you are you know, and whose you are, you know, um, really getting clear on your purpose, really getting clear on who you're here to serve and spending time owning that. Because once you gain clarity on that, you'll be unstoppable. Literally, you will, you will shine, you will thrive, you will um, master, you will overcome. Uh, there's so much that is connected to the confidence that comes from owning who you are and, and knowing what you're here to do. And so I think that would be the thing. Spend some time. I know that it's easy to look at someone else's model and look at someone else's measure of success and look at someone else's, but what about you? You know, what about you and who you really are and who you're really meant to be and what gift are you meant to share and leave here for others? And so uh, self-leadership, I begin, I, I believe that everything begins with self-leadership and that would be the thing that I would, that I would share because in order to serve uh, others, you must first lead well from within. Uh, love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Benita Williams, for being with us today. You're such a wealth of knowledge. And thank I just you. look forward to seeing how um, we continue to do something great together. I know that we're oh, going to yeah. do some really cool things together. Better so believe it. <laughs> I'm excited about that. And ladies, yes. if you um, have not joined our membership, you 
definitely want to get in the community. You want to be a part of it. We've got some amazing leaders in there that will pour into you. And um, we look forward to having you in the membership and at our local events or join us for our, we have just a few spots left for our retreat, October 6th to the 9th. And it's going to be amazing. So have a great day and we'll see you on the next Masterpiece Women podcast. Thank you, Benita. Awesome. Thank you, Tina. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.